That is the only flaw in the 2016 rules. They hesitated to require three streams, but that is really what we need. And especially with COVID waste, we now definitely need a wet, a dry, and a contaminated biohazard waste. Hey everyone, welcome to the Recycle Rise podcast, where every week we are bringing in thought leaders from environment and sustainability space to share their knowledge with you. This is a podcast series by Recycle to ensure we make education and information accessible to you with ease. On this episode of the Recycle Rise podcast, we have with us Mrs. Almatra Patel, member Supreme Court of Solid Waste Management, National Experts Watch Bharat Mission. She is an environmental policy advocate and anti-pollution activist. Her public interest litigation in the Supreme Court against the open dumping of municipal solid waste was instrumental in drafting of the Municipal Solid Waste Management Rule in India, which was the first of its kind thanks to Almitra Patel. Her commitment to having a roadmap for waste management policies has ensured cities and towns all over India now have a plan to work with. And with no doubt, she was the best qualified person to draft this Watch Bharat Manual. As a nation, we'd be indebted to an Almitra Patel that we are living in a little more neater and cleaner India. It's an absolute delight to have you on the podcast, ma'am. Thank you. So, my first question to you is Clean India campaign, where you have covered 30 cities in 30 days. And this was started on the 14th by road. October, by road. And starting on 14th October 94 versus the Swachh Bharat mission, which was started on the 2nd October in 2014. So what has changed for the good and bad in these two decades? Well, in 1994, neither citizens nor city managers knew or cared at all about urban solid waste management and disposal. In fact, when we went to all the cities, no one had any idea where the garbage went except the lorry driver who knew where he was dumping it. But by 2014, there was far worse pollution and also environmental awareness and caring about the environment. And uh, on top of all that, the announcement of uh, Swachh Bharat by the PM indicated serious attention at the highest levels. And that gave the topic a huge boost, which was very necessary. You know, we never had a problem with waste dumping until the 70s, because farmers would take all the uh, kitchen waste uh, to their lands for composting. It's only when plastic got added to it that the dumping began, because farmers couldn't use mixed waste. Uh, so what wasn't a problem earlier suddenly started becoming so out of control that it took the Prime Minister himself from the ramparts of Redford to announce it to the whole of the nation that yes, we need to look at this as a top priority. Yeah. So when it started, municipal corporations, its officers and staff did not have an idea about what to do with the garbage because it was just all of a sudden. But now there are rules and guidelines. But still, India isn't really the neatest or the cleanest country. Uh, you can't just talk about the officials, but people also need a mindset change. So what would be the role of government bodies or what is our one next step, which can be the game changer? What would that be? As I mentioned, when there was no plastics in the waste, it was not a problem. It was an asset. Mm -hmm. So the one single thing which uh, citizens and uh, municipalities should do, keep wastes unmixed. That makes it possible to manage every fraction usefully. The organics can be composted or go for biomethanation to make biogas. And the dry waste 
can be recycled and inerts that means uh, road dust debris they can be used for road widening pothole filling low lying lands uh, reclamation and so on the important thing is that cities must when they are given unmixed waste they must collect it unmixed and transport it unmixed to different destinations the wet waste to a composting area and the dry waste to a sorting centers or to recyclers so in fact uh, since you just mentioned waste segregation uh, i had this doubt always a classic is where i segregate the waste at home wet and dry but the person who uh, who picks up the garbage mixes it in his rickshaw then i go one step further educate him but the entire locality is reluctant about it the main dump yard in my city isn't in sync with the idea or even if they agree it is not implemented on ground just framing this thought in my mind is sad so at this point what is that individual action of course i'm going to separate my wet and dry waste that's the first step but uh, should i be worried about the mindset change of so many people or what is the action that i can take one single answer right? don't give them anything to mix just hold back all your dry waste mm-hmm. and donate it once a week or once a month as i do to a waste picker on the road or drop it off at a kabadiwala shop or if there is a dry waste sorting center in your town drop it off there that way there isn't anything uh, that they can mix at your doorstep what works the best all over the country mm-hmm. is when uh, dry waste is collected on one day a week mm-hmm. and that automatically keeps it separate from everything else right where the source segregation matters not when it goes into the main dump yard yeah especially clean dry waste unsoiled with wet waste adds value to the waste collectors uh man so 20 years of supreme court has more than half my life today once the law is passed and guidelines are given it feels glorious but how a journey of course a struggle but what was it about this particular cause that you felt you can't give up and fight till the very end and see that you know the solid waste management rules the swachh bharat manual all of them have become a reality the whole journey began uh, when i saw the beautiful green rural area where i live outside bangalore being trashed by roadside uh, waste and stray dogs breeding uncontrolled without a human leader and packs uh, hunting down uh, passers by uh, and uh, that's what led to the clean india campaign when we went on that all the municipal uh, officials saying you know where have you been all our life nobody ever tells us what to do it became apparent that we needed a road map for everybody and right. all of them warned that it would be a long and difficult battle needing perseverance and persistence later i got huge encouragement from my eco guru kanti sanshroff the chairman emeritus of excel industries he is the father of mixed waste composting as we know it today knowing what you were getting yourself into and you still had the courage to dive deep into it and yes uh, all your effort has definitely paid off actually i got the rules much faster than i expected because the supreme court appointed an expert committee in jan 98 by november we presented our interim report we took it to all 300 class 1 cities of 1 lakh 
at uh, Calcutta, Chennai, Bombay and Delhi for comments. And so by March 99, we had given the court a final report with very widespread consensus. And that resulted in the rules of 2000. We have very much better rules now in 2016 because in 2000, they didn't even know what wet waste, dry waste is. So we could only tell municipalities, encourage your citizens to keep their wastes unmixed. In the 2016 rules, it's the law of the land for every single one of us to keep our wastes unmixed and for the municipalities to collect it unmixed. Uh, I hope there's more awareness now. An environmentally caring mindset on the part of the product manufacturer to think through the whole life cycle of his product and its packaging and its transport. Absolutely. I agree with you, ma'am. So plastic was meant to be environment friendly and to reduce stress on paper or cloth, which is also quite resource in intensive. Apart from the mounting garbage, it has become an unlikely hero in the COVID crisis. So should the environmental responsibility be taken by the product or the producer or consumer? Uh, that's a difficult question. As I said, producers and marketers must design for easy recyclability of everything and avoid composites which make recycling difficult. Or if they are using composites, then they must have a take back stream for it. But uh, ultimately, responsible post-consumer disposal is unavoidably the responsibility of the consumer in whose hand the packaging ends up. Right. So everyone has a role to play and if they do it responsibly, then probably we can resolve the issue together. Yeah. So over the last one year, we have observed that there is an incentive for waste pickers to now collect uh, MLPs, the multi-layered plastics, because brands have extended producer responsibility. EPR collection targets for these particular plastics. So how do we integrate the waste pickers and the informal sector better to ensure that more of this happens? Well, the minute there is some value in collecting anything, if it has a sale price, it will automatically get collected. Mm -hmm. So the informal sector just needs to be provided with legitimate sorting and stacking spaces to aggregate enough of anything for onward movement to recyclers. This can even be done, for example, by mandating uh, multi-layer plastic shredders compulsorily at every hot mix plant for asphalt roads because uh, shredded plastic, when it's sprinkled onto the hot stones, it forms a polymer coating to which the bitumen adheres so well that the road life goes up two, three, four times. And uh, the responsibility for collecting their MLP should be of the brands to collect it, move it and shred it and provide it to the hot mix plant because they persist in designing for non-recyclability. So I feel that they and not the taxpaying citizens and local bodies should bear the cost of uh, producing and transporting it. If only a clear roadmap is shown, then there could be a responsibility and a solution for the same. Yeah. So how do you think EPR will evolve in India? Will it have a remarkable impact or just be another policy left to the records? EPR was mandated in the 2016 solid waste management rules, mm -hmm. but it didn't spell out any separate rules who would decide who would do 
who would pay how much individually or collectively and on what basis and so on. So it has remained uh, mostly a dead letter and many brands are paying people for token EPR collection, which is really an eyewash and uh, they are just not taking it seriously. But EPR is a long overdue necessity. We need to work on this on two fronts. We have already big data available with GST, which knows how much of what everyone is selling. If the GST automatically levies a cess on non-recyclable packaging, which is not readily sought and collected by the informal sector, this fund should somehow be deployed for the brands or the local bodies or both of them to set up solutions for multi-layer plastic like the hot mix plants or decentralized P2F, that means polymer to fuel units, where you feed in plastic and get out a kind of diesel oil, gas and char. Everyone's thinking very consciously about the present situation, then uh, I hope that we have a more stringent rules and a lot more effort going into rules around environment and waste management. Uh, Ma'am, do you have a comment about any other kind of waste that we have not covered in the discussion so far? There is one uh, orphan waste I've been trying to work a lot on, which is not covered by any rules. That's why I call it an orphan waste. I'm hearing that word for the first time. I've heard wet waste, dry waste, plastic, medical. But what is orphan waste? Orphan waste is a waste for which there is no fixed responsibility, ownership, rules or any directions. And that is the water hyacinth, which is choking every urban and rural water body. When it uh, arises, all the citizens will say, Bangalore's Alsur Lake is, uh, you know, choked with weeds. Municipality should do something. Either it will be the city or the development authority or the lake authority or whoever's in charge of that water body has to spend taxpayer money to pull this out and pile it on the shore. It doesn't go down in volume easily unless you sprinkle it with cow dung to rupture the cells. And it grows back again so fast. And the reason is the phosphorus, which is in synthetic detergents. If uh, your uh, listeners will go to Google and look up Lake Erie phosphorus detergent, you will see that uh, the whole of Lake Erie had turned green, the vegetation dying, going to the bottom, consuming the oxygen, killing the fish. The lake was dying of what is called eutrophication. And the scientists found the reason was the phosphorus in the newly developed synthetic detergents of the late 60s. And this phosphorus is a specific um, booster for aquatic vegetation. So after a three-year battle heavily resisted by the multinational brands, US and Canada made a treaty to save the lake between them of limiting the phosphorus in detergents to 2.2% in 1973. Europe also followed suit after a few years. All the multinational brands are complying strictly with it in uh, the Americas and in Europe. India has no limits on phosphorus. So all these MNC brands who know very well how to make low phosphorus detergents are not doing it because there's no gun to their head in India. 
it's very sad that nobody voluntarily cares for the environment to do the right thing which they have known for 50 years that's, that's uh, the, unfortunate. yes the ngt has now directed the moef to form limits for phosphorus the ngt earlier also in 2016 gave the moef 6 months to get rid of single use uh, one time use pvc in packaging because uh, that is uh, you know more than 50% chlorine in the molecule and forms dioxins when burnt the pvc packaging is not recyclable so when it's burnt on the footpath in front of a shop or when a dump site catches fire all that dioxin spreads to the neighborhood so the way to stop it is to uh, stop using pvc in the first place the biggest use of pvc is in these flex hoardings and banners that we see in all our cities everywhere 80% of this flex is all imported from china so banning pvc for the use of flex and using um, polythene eco flex which is available in the country will not affect any uh, industry or producer in the slightest and it's very easy to control because there's a limited number of flex printing shops in any city what we need as a simplest rule even if we don't want to immediately um, make a limit to the phosphorus content of detergents if we simply and every state can certainly mandate this put on a sticker on your packaging indicating the phosphorus content then one can uh, educate citizens also printing dyeing industries garment industries go for low phosphorus uh, products to save your own environment and then, then the customer footfalls will force the companies to go the direction that society wants them to right then the consumers will be making a conscious choice uh, so let's try and end the podcast on positive note ma clean up and flourish or pile up and perish what's your top three things for a zero or a low lifestyle don't waste don't waste food at home or when eating out uh, don't waste clothing patna was reported to have been collecting i mean its waste collection came down to half during this lockdown there's the same number of people eating but at home instead of in hotels and malls and parties and so on so what does that indicate that all that waste which is not coming now from restaurants and so on is um, control of wastage so i would say every single one of us whether we eat at home or outside we should not waste food and we should not waste clothing clothing makes uh, recycling also so difficult uh, and gunj is a wonderful organization which is collecting every kind of clothing and putting it to some use or the other so one can donate clothing and one should minimize purchases especially of disposables even at our home parties and so on mm-hmm. and minimize our purchases by asking is it a need or a greed a want also donate wherever possible uh, so minimalism donation as focus on consumerism and probably that will bring about a little bit of balance ma'am one last thing before we leave i'm just squeezing in one last question perhaps a lesser known or discussed part of your life as poetry 
So can you share a couple of lines from one of your poems? Anything that you can remember or is close to your heart? There's uh, the shortest uh, poem, which is a Japanese haiku, which I wrote for a Japanese visitor who asked me how I got into this activity. So I wrote this haiku. The twilight frogs are silent. Stray dogs, smoking waste. Oh, pity my poisoned land. Wow. Uh, I, it, just a couple of lines that it left me speechless there. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, ma'am. Uh, is there any other thing that you would want to mention to all our listeners? I would like them to visit and take their children to visit the dump site of their town. Follow any truck to its destination. That will be a real wake-up call and make everyone environmentally aware of their waste responsibilities. That's a very different sort of an advice, but something that is absolutely needed at this point of time. Uh, I think it will be an eye-opener to the next patient. And uh, to all our listeners, visit www.almitrapatel.com for all the work ma'am has done in environment and waste management. And on the homepage, top right, is a winking thing saying, free download SWM guidebook, which was written for Swachh Bharat Mission. Download and read that. Follow whatever is possible. And for some educational videos, you can also visit her YouTube channel with the same name, Almitra Patel. Share all your learnings with us. Tag us across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the rate Recycle Tech. That is R-E-C-Y-K-A-L-T-E-C-H. All right, folks, I'll see you next Saturday with another guest speaker talking about environment, sustainability or climate change. Till then, it's your host, Pratyusha Parkala, signing off.